a listener production. I forgot how to do the song. No, I didn't. Did I? I feel like I don't remember the amount of doodle doos Breaking news, breaking news, I got the scoop. See, X-ray, X-ray, read all about it. Breaking news. You didn't news. do any. Didn't, do, 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 do. No, but there's do's at the start. Is there? Yes, there's no. do's at the start. I swear to God, there's do's at the start. i got to go and j- hold on. I've got to find one. Here we go. Vindication! I knew it. Wow. All right. Um, Go for it. Take it away. (gasps) Breaking news, breaking news. I got the scoop. I see extra, extra. Read all about it. Breaking news. It's coming down the wire. Oh, it feels good, baby. You put some spice on that one. Oh, this is the first time in a long, Mm-mm-mm. long time. Lots and of energy. The first time our breaking news gets to be a solo gal. <gasps> yeah, she's flying free. She's flying free. This she's got all the space she needs. Our first uh, dedicated a breaking news episode. I've been wanting to do this for so long. Me too, because yeah. we always hold back how much we want to talk about nonsense because we're, like, conscious of the fact we've got a whole story afterwards. So we're like, well, let's mm. try and keep it short. But haha, not today. That's right. Strap in for hours. Plus all those people who were dedicated skippers of breaking news won't have to go through that process any longer. Ha, the stories will be kept quarantined. This is the um, cool club. This is the, yeah. cool, the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> Should we introduce ourselves? Everyone already knows who Everyone we are. Everyone knows us. That's Jacob. That's Lindsay. And that's and hello, Rosie. me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is breaking news. So, I mean, what's breaking news with us? What have you been up to, dear Jacob? <sighs> Jacob. It's 2023, and okay. as per usual, January was just a write-off. I had high hopes for it, expectations that were not met, of course. What um, expectations but- did you have for January? <laughs> You know, I just, I felt like with the pandemic being quote unquote over, over. and, you know, the new year beginning and yeah. La Nina pissing off, it was just going to be like the a new chapter yeah, was going right. to begin. Mm. But then I just felt completely unmotivated to do anything mm. much, apart from go to the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Oh which yeah, which you fun. did. Which, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So... You met. <laughs> I didn't even really get to meet him. You well, you met a heartthrob, a heartthrob of our mm. very particular generation. If you are around our age, like I don't know, if you were in high school in the late nineties, early two thousands era, and you read Dolly and you read Cosmo in Australia, mm. there was a very hot male model called Travis. How do you say Fimmel. Fimmel. I always, I never, mm. if you're trying to be fancy, you say Femel. But it's Travis Fimmel. He's like this blonde surfer dude. And he was just like this epic poster on the wall, heartthrob mm. guy. He was a Calvin Klein model yeah. on billboards around the world. Most recently, people know him from the TV show Vikings. No, no, but Dolly was where he peaked, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dolly of magazine. Course, for all of us. We, no one's disagreeing. So mm. you came across this gentleman. 
I did. And um, of all the fantasies I'd ever had about what I might say or do if I got to meet the gorgeous Greek god himself, Travis Fimmel, um, what I'd fantasized about what might um, happen yeah. in that circumstance, uh, this probably surpassed. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I when you told me the way I screamed and screamed oh. and screamed, Jacob, tell us. I what couldn't have choreographed this more perfectly than yeah. it went down. Yeah. But basically, Travis Fimmel was there to launch his new beer, which I'm drinking today, actually. Ah, oh, there you go. Tra- Traveller. Tra- Traveller. Mm-hmm. Um, always That's be seeking clever. sponsors. Uh, yes, he was there to launch that at the Tamworth Country Music Festival. Ah. And all the locals were very excited because they had this huge celebrity in their midst. Mm. So everyone was coming to the Tamworth Hotel to meet Travis Fimmel. There was a queue outside. It was almost impossible to get in. Hottest place you could possibly be. Everyone was, you know, sort of forming a queue to meet him, shake his hand, get a selfie all day long. Not something that I chose to participate in. I just enjoyed the view from yeah, play, afar. Yeah, play it cool. You always have to play it cool. Yeah. Mm. But then late in the evening, I went up to the bar to buy yet another Traveller beer. Traveller beer. And on the way, one of our friend's friends stopped me and said, oh, here's Jacob. And I was like, oh, great to see you, having a good night. Mm. And she was like, yeah, let me introduce you to Travis. Mm. And I turn and standing right next to me is the Mm. Travis Fimmel. And my first thought was, oh, he's a lot shorter than I'd expected (laughs) him to be. Um, And then just as I was reaching out my hand to say hello to him, Prue, a dedicated Jisna, grabbed me on my right shoulder and pulled me down to face her and asked me if she could get a selfie because she <laughs> loves just the gist and she loves Rosie. She loves the podcast so much and would I mind? Um, so hello, Prue. That is such a flex. You asked me for a selfie while I was being introduced to Travis Fimmel, who has like 100 million followers on Instagram and like a global fan base. And, um, yeah, I never actually got to shake his hand or say hi because um, my own fan base is so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It is just what I wouldn't give for that to happen in front of one of my ex-boyfriends or something. Like, truly, honestly, like, it's even better than if you had actually, like, got to meet him. Mm, is that mm. you got to flex. Yeah. That- My one regret is that I didn't ask him to take the photo of me and Prue. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh that would have been heaven. Oh. Do you want to, do you want to, um, from the depths of how high, oh, depths of how high, heights of how high you are to the mm. depths of how low it can go. Mm. On the weekend, I was at the park with my sisters and the kids and um, uh, my sister, like, Aaliyah and, you know, the fam. And um, there was a whole bunch of, like, high school girls at the park. Mm. Um, just hang, you know how you do that when you're in, like, they seem like you nine maybe, maybe mm-hmm. you ten, like, just hanging out all together, like... Vaping. Gossiping. No, they seem like good girls. They just seem mm-hmm. like sweet kind of gossipy girls. Um, and uh, they were sitting on this, like, spinny play equipment thing that the kids had played on everything else, and then they started getting whingy that they wanted to go play on that. So we were kind of like, oh, girls, like, trying to... <laughs> You know when you're around youths and you're not cool enough? Mm. We're like, do you mind moving? Like the kids just want to go on that for a bit. And they were all really lovely and they got up and moved. And and then like we were kind of like, oh, why are they like, probably don't sit on the kids' park. Like, come on. Mm. Like, you know, like just be like, whatever. Mm. Um, and so we're just sitting there having nice. And then this girl comes over and just sort of stands near us. And I looked up and she went, I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just want to say that um, 
I'm the biggest fan of yours and I love the podcast and I've read your books and um, I just, I really admire you. And I was like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. She goes, please say hi to Jacob for me. I really love him. And I was like, oh my God, that's okay. And she was holding her phone and she looked really nervous. And you know how I always say Mm. that I can tell people want to ask for a selfie but I never offer because then you sound like a dickhead being like, do you want a photo with me? Yeah. <laughs> and so I never ask. But this girl looked really nervous and she was holding her phone and I thought, oh, and I went, oh, do you want a selfie? And right in front of my whole family all sitting there, she goes, oh, not, not, not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> Also, dignity. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh. But she was so lovely. Her name was Sylvie. Hi, Sylvie. Hi, Um, Sylvie. We love you. It was really funny. My sisters loved that moment and have been giving me shit about it since. So I'm never asking anyone ever again. Honestly, we don't mind if you ask because we don't want to offer because then we look like dicks. I will never be the one to offer. No. very rarely do mm. at the one time. <laughs> Your family <laughs> are already the ones who t- pull you down a peg and don't think you're a big deal anyway, and then look oh. what happens. Um, so I've moved to Sydney. Here I am. How's it been? Good to be home. It's really good to be home. I know but you're adjusting to the humidity. Yeah, I'm, I've lost my tolerance for the humidity. Like, I've been away two years and it's, I've, it's been a nightmare. But also because we don't have air conditioning in our house, um, which on like the advertisement for the property and on the contract we signed, it said there was an air conditioner. But I went and did the inspection and just didn't really specifically look for what. Like, well, you take for granted if I it's know, like, listed as a feature. And then I said to Rhiannon, there was an air conditioner, right? Because she came with me and she's like, there must have been. It was there. And she goes, we just wouldn't have known. It would have been in the living room or something. I was like, oh, okay, sure. And then we moved in and there isn't one. <laughs> And they're like, oh, sorry, that was a misprint. And now Caleb's like, you didn't notice there wasn't an air conditioner? And I'm like, <laughs> but I wasn't looking for an, a negative of a thing. Like, I, So anyway, we don't have an air conditioner. It was really annoying. Um, and there's no screens on the windows or doors. And so we had a spider hatchling, um, like, hatch, <sighs> hatch, a spider hatchling hatch. Like, Apocalypse. I woke up one morning. Kayla was away for the weekend and there was downstairs and had started spreading upstairs literally thousands mm. of baby huntsmen's, thousands, mm. all over the ceiling. I put it on my Instagram. I was petrified and I just basically, like, Caleb's like, just go buy some more teen and spray them. And I was like, ah, no. <laughs> like, I couldn't, I was like, I was actually like, in like the fear I had, I've had panic attacks in my life, but this was like not an anxiety, like a, a emotion panic attack. This was a fear-based absolute panic. Mm. Um, like now I know that I just would not last on a show. Like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Like I just couldn't. I I was having a heart attack. I was hyperventilating on the phone. Rhiannon had to call a fumigator for me. I just put Boo in a carrier and just went and sat on the front step. And just waited for him to turn up. And I would have paid any money. I'm sure they ripped us off because it was really expensive. Mm. 
but he could tell that I was just like, I will give you everything in my bank account to go in mm. there and sort out that problem. Like, and he knew. He yeah. knew that. They know that. Mm. Um, and he was like, can you come in and show me? And I was like, no, I can't even go in and show you. You'll see them. Mm. And he was like, where do you want me to do? Just the area? And I said, whole house. Every surface. Every surface, everything. Everything, outside, no, everything, crevice, everything, bro. So, um, yeah, he did. And uh, we had one huntsman. That was a couple of weeks ago and it seems okay, but we did have one big huntsman the other day that I'm convinced is either one of the babies that's grown up or the mother coming back to avenge her murdered children. <laughs> so, <laughs> so other than that, the move's going great. Love being back in Sydney. <laughs> bug-infested hellfire. (laughs) How about you? Where are you? Where are you even living right now? You are looking more and more like Ginger Jesus. Like you are looking (laughs) like, you are like Yahoo serious level. You are so tanned right now Mm. and so muscly right now and your hair is so long. Like you, to be honest, with you and Travis Fimmel would have looked like the Adonis of the two of you. And that's not a lie. You are very, very, very kind. Do you really still think that I'm a ginger? It's looking a bit ginge. Yeah? Lindsay, do you see it? I thought it was blonde. Okay, but here's the thing. I've known you since, like, in my mind, you will always be a redhead. Because when I met you, you were a redhead. You've been a redhead for a long time. It's like I don't see it. Yeah. I just see ginge. It's just like anyone like Lindsay who's come yeah. into my life in the last few years since my hair spontaneously turned itself blonde. Yeah. They they can't see it at all. But everyone who's known me for most of my life, their brain still tells them he's a redhead. He's a redhead, Despite yeah. all evidence to the contrary, apart from the moustache. See, to me, you are even looking at you right now, it's like that blue and gold, white and gold, blue and black dress thing. Like Lindsay is looking at you saying mm. you are blonde and I'm looking at you saying you are a ginger. You're not as much of a ginger as you were, but I see ginge there mm-hmm. in you. There's still a tinge of I ginge. I see the ginge in you, sir. Mm-hmm. So shall we move on to our, you know, oh, What's been happening so very much, yes. All right, so first up, um, I mentioned that I was listening to it and you have also listened to it. I couldn't finish it, but you oh, did. Oh, you're kidding. Couldn't finish it. We're going to talk about Spare, 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 Hazard and Megs. Oh, it feels like so long ago, but, <sighs> but this also, just dominated. The book what did come out a few weeks ago now, but it's just like there's still headlines every day. I mean, just a couple of days ago, the woman who uh, he lost his virginity to came out in the news. Oh, your phone just dinged. Bad podcast <laughs> etiquette. Pardon me. So can I, can you hear me? Touch computer on what is it? Airplane mode. Uh, because I believe is. I've got to click on some links you've sent me. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Your computer's open because of me. <laughs> but um, yeah, like that woman who took his virginity or he lost his virginity to was interviewed in the news yesterday. It's like headlines just keep kicking on and on and on and on and on. Mm. What do you I reckon? I thought everyone just completely lost interest. No, it's it in the, seemed like it was everywhere. It's big in the news every day, and apparently they're. Um, Whoever measures it, I guess PR agencies or I don't even know how, approval ratings amongst Americans, they have gone from like plus 20-something each to like minus teens each. For both of them or just yeah, specifically of, for no, him? No, both of uh, them, yeah. And is that being, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is that being attributed to the documentary or to the book? Both, both. 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 
just this like oversaturation of um, the same stuff, like the same, I don't want to say whinging, but like the same complaints. Mm-hmm. Like they did the Oprah interview, then they, you know, had the documentary and then Harry had his book and then around his book he did a few interviews and it and it just starts to be a bit like, we get it. What did you think of the book? Like, what did you think? Well, he did a good job of giving us a lot of new content in that. Yeah. A lot of unexpected things that obviously have been very, very savvy choices to make in the sense that he grabbed so many headlines talking Mm. about the frost-nipped penis and the... um, you know, the fight he had with his brother where he broke the dog bowl. Oh, and broke his didn't actually necklace. Have a dog. Broke his precious necklace. Yes, necklace. <laughs> um, I found it really entertaining. I finished mm. the whole thing in two days. There were certain really? chapters that I laughed at so much. I went back and re-listened to them. One chapter, chapter 50, I listened to three times in a row because it had me cackling because he's just so unaware of the level of privilege that he and his family enjoys. Yeah, that was that's what I was going to ask you. You're not saying it was funny just because, like, he wrote a good book or his ghostwriter no. did. Like, it's funny because you're like, are you serious, mate? Like, that's oh. what's funny. Chapter 50, it only goes for, like, three and a half minutes or yeah. something. And it is him describing an altercation between Harry and Meghan versus William and Kate mm. that starts with Kate confronting them over the fact that they didn't give them Easter presents that year. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it just <laughs> escalates and gets pettier and pettier. Yeah. And he's trying to write it as like this dramatic scene that's building mm. to a climax and this is where our relationship really started to fracture and it's like, you people, mm. these are the problems that you're manufacturing for yourselves? And then like all that stuff where he was like, we had to buy our couch on sale from mm. like couches.com and and I can't even afford to buy clothes. I would have to go to TJ Maxx when they had a sale and it's like, mm. but... No, don't do this. Mm-hmm. That's like Elon Musk saying he's homeless because he sold all his properties. Like, yeah. you're yeah. not, that's not where you're at, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the sense I got from it was um, he was, he's, he's, especially on his press tour, he made such a big deal about, like, I need to get the truth out there. The press lies. My family, he didn't directly say that they lied, but he's like, my family um, allows the press to just do what they do. Mm. And so it's really important to get the facts out there and the truth out there. Like, you can't blame me for wanting to tell my story. And I'm like, no, I can't blame you for that. But it didn't seem like he was telling his story for that reason. Like, I wrote a memoir about a bad childhood And it was really important to me to just take ownership of my narrative and say the things that happened to me. And like, and that was sort of my whole goal in writing that book. With this book, I feel like he wants you to think that's the goal, but he's not so much owning his narrative. He's making sure that he's really framing the narrative. Like Mm. the whole time I was like, you're telling me this story, but you're also really skillfully, or the ghostwriter, skillfully creating a like version of events. Mm. It's just... In a very literary way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Overdone. Yeah. <laughs> at a lot of points. So many motifs and so many recurring themes. Yeah. And yeah. I'm pretty sure the person who was the ghostwriter is a fiction writer um, yeah, by he's, day. Yeah. He, um, he did write some other guy's memoir and then he's also written some stuff that's been adapted into films and... Mm. Um, but it just... 
Yeah, there was just a lack of self-awareness throughout the whole thing that did make him, to me, a little less likeable. What I found most frustrating, because for the most part I did actually find him quite likeable and I thought his performance doing the audiobook was sensational. Yeah, except um, for when he sang. Considering it's not something he's... Oh, my God. And even <laughs> just the American sang. accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anytime, yeah, he'd try to just sort of step outside just the, the realm of reading. Yeah. No, oh. Um, but, yeah, what I found most frustrating was I was like, buddy, the thing that would solve all of your problems would be if you stopped reading press about yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yes... 90% of it is lies yeah, and is unflattering and it's unfair, whatever. If you don't look at it, it's not going to affect you. And that's yeah. what his dad kept telling him yeah. to do. Stop. And he refuses to listen. But it seems like he's going through not just articles about himself, but comment sections yeah. to see what people are saying. He's obsessed with yeah. the public's um, image. Perception of, of them. Yeah. And particularly of Megan. And like, that's so true. And he also, I, I mean, and you can put it back to his trauma, right? Like it's very fair to be like he's gone through this significant trauma. He clearly and very clearly and obviously links the press to his mother's death in the book. Like that is just like not even a, a, a questioned line. That's what he thinks. And so you can be like, okay, he's got this trauma with the press and he's like now finally in this position where he's not restrained by his family anymore. So he's allowed to say when they've pissed him off and he's allowed mm. to say when things are lies. And it's like maybe he's just because of all that trauma, like going too far with it. Mm. Like he just, the thing that got me was there was no line between a dumb thing and a significant thing. Like all the racial stuff towards Megan back when that was happening and is probably still happening. Mm. Awful. Yes. Call that out. That's messed up. But then compared to an article talking about the fact that like, I don't know, um, like just something dumb about like a, a detail in the wedding, like, and then he goes after that just as hard as that. Mm. It's kind of like, you got to pick your battles, mate. Like, you can't, you cannot comb through every corner of every website and newspaper and and go after every tiny thing. Mm, it's mm. not sustainable. Yeah. And this comes back, I guess maybe it's a family thing mm. that they have. Like the fact that Easter presents was such a problem that I it know, kicked off that blow up yeah. in their family. It's like, why are your priorities so warped that, you know, things that are so minor to the rest of us get blown completely out of proportion and then thing, they end mm. up with similar sort of level of meaning as things that are mm. really, really toxic and really major. Yeah. I mean, I think I said this to you once when we were talking about him, I don't know, some other time. Um, I think he's one of those people who is newly in therapy, like or at least the last five years or whatever, mm. and so he's at this place where, like, he wants to scream and shout and tell everyone about every revelation that he's having and everything that's working and ever and like if you've been in therapy for an extended period of time ding ding me you know that like something might be working one year and then it kind of doesn't and you're like oh no that was a bit of a false start i mean look at my false starts the last 18 months where you're like i'm doing great and then you know and like it's i wish someone in his life would just be like hey maybe just like wait really get your head around where you've landed on a lot of this stuff, mm. take a breath for a year and then, like, come out and, but, you know, the train's left the station. Yeah. Like, it's too late now, I guess. And it's also weird that Megan's kind of disappeared in all this book stuff. She's, like, 
stepped back and no one really knows where she is. But, I mean, I do also get the sense from the book that he refuses to acknowledge that she could be difficult in any way, shape or form and that if anything negative is ever said about her, it's only because the press has made it up and influenced people's minds about her. And it's like, that's not really true because there's like, it's very well documented in HR documents that like staff were struggling with the way she was um, treating them and a lot of staff were leaving and there was allegations of like what they said was bullying, which she has said was just a clash of, you know, mm. American and British culture or whatever, fine. And then William came to him and said, like, we need to talk about what is not just one or two people but several staff mm. are having these issues with her, like, management style, I guess, is a very delicate way of putting it. And Harry was just like, you only think this about her because the press have said it. It's like, mm. no, though. <laughs> like, Sometimes when there's smoke, you know, there is fire. Yeah. And the way he writes about her is like she's the most flawless oh, yeah. goddess, saint, angel. Mm-hmm. Everything she does is a hundred times better than anything anyone else does. And she's just so kind, so selfless, and just the pinnacle of what humanity should aspire <laughs> to be. Like yes. his perception <sighs> on just about everything is a bit off. It's but odd, I, is it? Yeah. I'd hang out with him. No, I'd, he seems fun. Mm. He seems fun. Another bit, he seems fun, but also just not super smart and not super self-aware, but Mm. very um, sincere and kind and fun. Like, he seems like a good guy. Yeah. Um, In a shit situation. Yeah, in a really shit situation. That's really important to me. Abolish the monarchy. Yeah. How many times can we say it? Yeah. It's not right that he was born into that scenario. Yeah, I can't, I just can't, I couldn't finish it. Okay, next, uh, Lizzie Holmes, Elizabeth Holmes. So we always said she's marrying into this billionaire family. Why doesn't she just try to make a getaway to a country mm-hmm. with no extradition treaty? Turns out she did. Yes. She did try. It came out in the news that after she was convicted, she was on house arrest until her sentencing. And when I say house arrest, I mean at a billionaire compound. Mm. And during that time, it I guess because the prosecution has access, like this is, I can't believe they did it with a paper trail and stuff. Uh, it came to the prosecution's attention that she had booked a one-way ticket to Mexico, mm-hmm. which is a country with no extradition treaty. And they then went to court at like, and they were like, uh, hey, maybe home arrest doesn't work because she's got billions of dollars and could easily mm-hmm. just like, succession this shit and make a passport and get out of Dodge ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were kind of like, look, she's pregnant. Let's just let her stay on house arrest till the baby is born. And then, yes, she's going to prison. But I just still don't think she's ever going to go to prison. <sighs> did she buy a ticket on a commercial flight? Or I don't. Or she, like, scheduled a private Fly to PJ? There's not a lot of details. All it says is the prosecution was like, we have records that a one-way ticket to Mexico was purchased with no plan of return or no return ticket attached. Uh-huh. Like, that's it. Uh-huh. And then she was like, oh, I booked that before. I forgot I'd even booked it. I just forgot to cancel it. 
(laughs) (laughs) Because as we know, she's not like, you know, the best at getting away with this stuff. (laughs) So that's what she's, I mean, I don't know. And her lawyers are still saying that they are going to explore every possible avenue to like keep her out of prison. So I just will not believe it until she steps foot in and there's that clinky sound cling of the door mm. closing, you know? I feel like she's so high profile that they're going to want to throw the book at her. Mm. And like, I don't know much about what's going on in Silicon Valley and whatnot, but like, because there've been so many sort of tech frauds and whatnot recently, I yeah. feel like they're going to try to make an example of her. And possibly also, who's that other guy? We might end up doing Sam, an episode about him, Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, the, the crypto guy. Bitcoin, Or Bitcoin yeah. or whatever, yeah. Mm. Um, I think he's going down for sure. She's definitely been made an example of, and we've said before, whether or not that's fair because she's a woman, I don't know, but it still is just fair because she, you know, broke the law. Mm. I mean, I I hope so. I hope so. But she does have this billionaire family behind her. Mm. So I don't know. That is a lot of power and a lot of weight in her corner. I know. Um, I don't think she'll spend a lot of time in prison. And no. at the end of the day, I think when she comes out, she's going to have a really big profile and she'll be able oh. to leverage that into all sorts of different projects in the future, just as Anna Delvey has, has done. done. She's yeah. got this new TV series that's coming up where she's inviting people around to her place she where she's leave. under house arrest. <laughs> To that's host dinner like, parties with them. Oh, my God. That's kind of like my dream to be on house arrest. People have to come to me. Like, I, like, I actually have a, an excuse to not leave the house. Everyone has to come to me. I have to get deliveries. Oh, that's like I always say. Do you remember the pandemic? Yeah, that's true. Oh, that is what sent me into a total mental breakdown. You're correct. You're correct. Careful what you wish for. Ah, uh, see, here's where I go wrong. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking, I've always said, like, people say, oh, it's my worst nightmare to end up in a nursing home with mm-hmm. dementia or something. And I'm like, that's my, dr- that's my dream. You're old. You don't want to do anything anyway. You watch TV all day. People bring you your meals. Like, that's a, ma- like, yes, thanks. That'd be so great. <laughs> Everything's pureed. Can have it through a tube. Oh my god! Did you know I was speaking of nursing homes? I was listening to this um, uh, Sarah Silverman on Conan um, this morning, and she said something that blew my mind. She was like, "So when you have dementia or Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, it, it appears that a lot of people think that they are in a different time in their lives. Like, what do they mm-hmm. call it? Sundowning um, when." The old person suddenly truly thinks they are six years old, uh, like in the schoolyard or something. Mm. Like they, so in their mind, that's what they're seeing. That's what they're doing. They're living that moment. She's like, what if I have dementia right now and <laughs> I'm thinking this is happening, but I'm sitting in a chair in a nursing home talking nonsense. And then she goes, and then take that one step further. What if I'm at home in my room and I start masturbating and in my mind I'm 35 in private but I'm actually an 86-year-old lady doing it in the middle of the dining hall in the aged care facility that I live in at 12 p.m.? And she's like, how do we know? 
how because they are convinced they're in that the moment they're in. Yeah. How do we know we're not just two old geezers like talking at each other right now? Or that I'm just talking to a fridge or like a tall plant with a nice red flower at the top or, as Lindsay would say, blonde. <laughs> I think there's a movie in this. This is like The Matrix meets um, Cocoon or The Golden Girls. She Like Sarah Silverman always says such profound stuff and this was like admittedly quite funny and it was just to do with how neurotic she is and the crazy stuff she thinks. But I, I needed a moment. Like I was like, oh, my God. We could be. I think about that all the time, about when this could all just be a simulation. But not a not an Alzheimer's one, just a regular no, one. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um, you think we're in the eggs like the that's Matrix? That's an interesting spin, yeah. When you brought up um, nursing homes and retirement villages, I thought you were going to talk about um, venereal diseases as the main drawback because that's one of the biggest issues they face because the old people there just screw rampantly. <gasps> And so they really struggle with like crabs and chlamydia and whatnot. So they're constantly having to try to do safe sex education classes with these older people. But they're like, I'm going to have fun while I can have fun. And I don't have to worry about getting pregnant at all. So, yeah, they're really reckless. But also maybe if in their mind they're like 19 and out on the town, like, you know, you would have fun. You would hook in. Yeah, YOLO. YOLO. <laughs> you know, um, my mum worked in aged care. Like, my mum's a nurse and she, um, on her better days, and she worked in aged care for a while. And at mm. one of the nursing homes she had, people would always, like, they always get angry and want to leave because they don't understand where they are or why they're there or whatever. And um, they built a bench and a sign in the garden that said bus stop. And so when people wanted to storm off and they'd pack a little suitcase and they'd go and sit on the bench and wait for the bus to leave. And my mum said it would be like, you know, half an hour and then they'd sort of lose track of where they are and a nurse would go out and get them and bring them back in. And it was like a really good way to calm them down because they Mm. were doing what they wanted to do. But then they would forget. I know. (sighs) Okay. Well, speaking of old people getting venereal diseases, here's a fun one. This is a fun one. (laughs) There was recently a breakout of armpit crabs, like, you know, like (gasps) genital crabs. I know about this. armpit crabs at Brigham Young University, which is Mm a Mormon university or predominantly Mm -hmm. Mormon university, because (laughs) let me get through this. The kids aren't allowed to have sex before marriage. And they include that as penetration. So they try to find workarounds, which I don't think is what God intends, but okay, do workarounds of mm-hmm. Jesus, whatever. So they have been doing this thing called bag Bagpiping. <laughs> <laughs> Did it take every ounce of restraint to not say that until I got to it? Bagpiping! <laughs> oh. Bagpiping! Where the penis... Goes under a girl's <laughs> arm, and then you <laughs> like a <laughs> and I don't know. Someone had crabs, and the crabs went to there, and now there's an underarm, like an underarm hair crab epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> Mormons are the gift that keeps on giving. Have you, 
Have you have you ever bagpiped? Is this a thing you've attempted? They're just like, I'm not going to kink shame. This may be a thing they do out of desperation, but it might just be some other people's thing, I guess. Mm. I mean, I've never taken part, partook, partaken. Mm. I've mm. never, um, you know, gone to town. <laughs> Piped Do you the think back. the man with the penis on his arm could have bagpiped himself? <laughs> <gasps> yes, I do. More questions. <laughs> he could have. <laughs> the other thing they do, of course, is um, soaking. Have you heard yeah, of this? Yeah, we spoke about that on our... On um, your episode about Mormons, with yeah. Jake, yeah. We spoke about the poop hole loophole. Yeah, the poop hole loophole, the soaking, and then this is the... Um, that's what made me think to bring you yeah, this one. In case yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Was going to save that one till the end, but, you know, it just fit with our slightly ended up depressing talk about old people. <laughs> so, oh, I knew these breaking news uh, episodes were going to be loose. Unhinged. And- <laughs> Maybe not the ones for kids. <laughs> um, okay, next, I brought this factoid for you mm. that, I've, every person I've told it to has been really blown away. So I don't know if you are, but it blew me away when I read it. So you know how Barbara Walters, the um, journalist, died recently, like a few weeks yep. ago? Mm-hmm. Did you know that she was born the same year as Anne Frank? Huh. Right? Huh. Oh, yeah. Doesn't that really, like, mess with your concept of time? Huh. I guess that makes sense. I guess it does. What year was that? Uh, 20-something. I don't know. This is just the gist. I'm just, I just brought the headline. Uh-huh. Some year. But isn't that nuts? There you go. Was Anne Frank a really young girl or was she like a tween, teen, was she, I think 20s? she Was she 12 or 13 when she died, I think? I feel very ignorant. I've not read that book. You haven't? I have not. But it's like, isn't it just compulsory in school? I thought everyone read it. Someone must have given me the gist somewhere along the way. I'll give, oh, it's a bit sad, but, you know, just mm. she she died. Well, I didn't want to end this on a low. I just thought that no. was a cool factoid. It is. It it's just a, really got me thinking. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Well, I guess my reco for this week is the third episode of The Last of Us. Have you watched it? <sighs> yes. The emotions. The emotions. Did you watch the first two before you watched it or did you just watch that because everyone was saying to watch it? I had already watched the first two. Yeah, me yeah, too. I'd, I'd already watched, watched them back to back a week beforehand. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I just thought this is just another standard zombie mm. show. Like, yeah, me how too. How is this different from The Walking Dead? Like, I, And honestly, I feel like it's going to continue down that path. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, episode three was just its own little <sighs> mini movie, a I total know. departure. Do you want to describe Oh, it's just, yeah, these two guys in this zombie apocalypse world, one of them's this, um, like, sort of uh, artistic free spirit and the other one is basically a survivalist Ron Swanson played by the man who played Ron Swanson, Nick Offerman, Mm. and the other guy's played by Mari Bartlett from The White Lotus and they're just this unlikely kind of odd couple but they come together and fall in love and the episode follows them just over the course of their lives during this apocalypse mm. and it's i don't i'm not i don't want to give anything away except to say it's like the emotion like it's beautiful and lovely and the emotion it's just emotions emotions mm. 
and based on a video game. Yeah, I know. I just was so not expecting it at all. Although apparently they that episode was changed from the video game. That That's not how their story goes in the video game. Oh. Apparently. Okay. Um, yeah, do you have any recos? Uh, well, I'll put it out there for anyone who can and you should if you can, if you can make it to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, Mm. uh, our good friend Fiona Cox, who was on the show while you were away, um, she's doing a show down there um, Mm -hmm. over the course of a few weeks. um, So you can get your hands on tickets um, if you'd like to go and see her. Very, very funny. It's called Going Coastal and it's all about what it was like for her moving um, from Sydney back to the Central Coast. Awesome. Uh, with lots of funny stories oh, woven cool. in there. So I thought I'd put that out there nice we'll and early. put the link in the show notes. Absolutely. Um, um, and uh, the Whitney biopic. Is it good? It's worth a watch. Do they put the stuff with Robin I'm in? I'm really selling it, aren't I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's worth a watch. Okay. They put the stuff that she had a, a, a they lead with it. relationship it's with Robin. Really? starts off at the very beginning, and that was something that I thought was a rumour, not something that was no, you know, considered I've to read, be No, because I've read Robin's book, and she talks about it all in her oh. book. Yeah. Okay, look, if you've... Watch the docos and whatnot, which I actually have not. I need mm. to go back and sort of retrace my steps because um, there was so much stuff that I learned about Whitney's life Yeah, watching it. Yeah. Um, at first I sort of walked out and I was like, oh, that was okay. But the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like really glad that yeah. I went to see it. It's. I think the reason I didn't love it so much is because it felt tense the whole time. Every mm. single time you'd see her drinking a glass of champagne, lighting oh, a cigarette, yeah. and then she starts getting into the drugs and you're like, oh, oh the if, second she meets Bobby Brown, you're like, no, no, no if someone you intervened. Felt, if you felt tense in that, you, would, you wouldn't be able to handle Whitney, the documentary. It's, mm. it is, it's confronting yeah. and intense. Yeah. It's, oof, it's okay. a tragic story, but I would like for that movie to do well so that we get more biopics because eventually I would like to see the Madonna one, which has <laughs> been cancelled. I been scrapped. know. Yes. Um, alrighty. Well, that was our first breaking news. <laughs> was it as loose as you were expecting? It was, well, it's gone long, which is why I'm wrapping it up now, but, um, I liked that. We're just going to yeah. chat and see how we go and have fun, fun with it. And I guess we'll say goodbye now. And I just, I feel like I really want to leave everyone with the image of the possibility that you are right now masturbating in a nursing home <laughs> dining room at 2pm in the afternoon. It's possible, guys. All right. We love you. Story Ups Tuesday, Breaking News Thursday, Jacob's <sighs> lost it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we're going to win another award one yeah. day. <laughs> <laughs> that cinched it for us, that moment. Bye! Bye. <laughs>